0: Hello everybody, this is Donna D, aka The Urban Mommy, and I am back with another podcast. Today, we are going to to have a little discussion, it's going to split a little bit because we have an author and we have a, a life coach here, and her name is Coach Erica, or China T. Welcome.
1: Hi, hi everybody, how are you today?
0: Good, good, thanks of course, thanks for joining us all right can you tell me who is
1: coach erica coach erica is a certified coach let me start there because she coach erica is a little different from china so coach Erica is a certified coach i am certified and when when it comes to coaching i'm helping in small business and life as well as in overall health my biggest thing as a coach is making sure that people heal themselves from the inside out so my platform that i build is called healing and building because I don't feel like you can build anything that's solid until you heal all the mess that's holding you down. So that is who I am as Coach Alright,
0: so what about China T? Who is she?
1: China T is your best-selling Arthur. I have went through a couple of different pen names, too. A couple of different publishers, because I was screwed up on a couple of contracts. But now I am, I am here now. China T, I am back in it um I have just converted my first uh first book to movie so now I'm an executive producer now um and while I was doing that I got experience in directing and casting supervised. so I got a lot of different film and movie set experience now so China is your Arthur that's your storyteller that's your go-to if you want to escape reality and go into a different area all
0: right cool so there's that's a lot going on and that's very extensive it's it's good stuff and it's stuff that's all needed that you have going on. So yes. when you were growing up, what did you want to become as a kid? What did you want to be?
1: That's crazy that you asked that because for a little while, I wanted to be an accountant. I also wanted to be a lawyer because people always say that me and my sister were like great debaters and people like that. So, so, it was, so, so math was always my favorite subject. So I definitely wanted to do accounting. But lawyer, I definitely wanted to be a lawyer as well. Um, but it's when I got to you when they told me to go to calculus, and I was like, yeah, this ain't for me. I'm going to just choose another major, because I know if I'm in here confused at this, when it's time to get to the real accounting stuff, not that I can't do it, but I just really was not applying myself. <laughs> I can be honest and say I really did not apply myself in one math class. The only class I did was physics. I passed out of color total I didn't even have to study, so it's I, get, I bowed out of accounting because I didn't want to do, take calculus. But <laughs> and I went ahead and went with social work, and that's why I graduated
0: with my degree in social work. Okay, so when did you decide that you wanted to become an author?
1: Well, I've always been a writer. That has been going on since grade school. I've writing essays and stuff like that. Poetry is how I started. I used to always write how I was feeling and put it in a poem, okay? And then it went from writing a poem to actually writing on newspaper staff, helping with the yearbook throughout school. When I got to FAMU, I actually got on FAMU newspaper staff, so I was a staff writer there got my a lot of experience right in there. I also started the social work department newsletter. I was an editor. I created that newsletter, built it, built my staff. I did all of that for that department. And then right after college, I actually went into becoming an editor of an upcoming magazine called Status Magazine. I was the editor for that magazine. So it actually put me in a lot of different places at that time on different scenes, being able to meet different stars because of where the magazine was going.
0: Nice, okay. And when did you start with coaching, with life coaching? Where did that come from?
1: Um, I think that I, I'm gonna say it's always been in me because um, when I, like I said, when I transitioned my my um, major over to social work and I got into the social work program, some of the things that I did that was already coach-related was, you know, of course, I had to mentor a child. That's coach-related. had to do other things within my, within my um, degree field for me to be able to get the experience I needed. So I've always felt like I've been a coach because as a case manager, that's what I was as a case manager, I'm still helping clients set goals that they need to acquire or attain or clear within a certain amount of time. That's the same thing that a coach does. I just had a different title. On a, on a corporate side, it's called case manager, but on the non-profit side it's a coach so i just literally get, i'm doing the same thing that i've always done
0: okay how important is it to have a life coach
1: um whew, i wish i could ask somebody who wasn't me the one person who has who has a life coach i'm a person who had a therapist so i already know how important it is to have that person that does not judge you but that helps you develop develop paths so the importance of a life coach is almost as important as you need food and the reason why is because a lot of traumas happen on a consistent basis. People do not have the proper coping skills to get through such said trauma. So guess what they do? They pack trauma on trauma on trauma on trauma on trauma and they try to move through life, not realizing that all of that, that trauma is affecting them, their relationships with their children, with other people, and don't know how to go back and unravel all of that mess. That's what a life coach is for. Even if you get a life coach for a year, you get one for six months, you need somebody that's going to help you unpack that trauma so that you can learn how to deal with it moving forward. So it's very important.
0: Okay, so I know in our in the community, we are actually just starting to look more into life coaches and, and stuff like that. How well do you think life coaching is being received in the community?
1: Um because people confuse life coaching with counseling and therapy it won't be received well because and i haven't seen it being received well because they think that we want to tell them what to do they think that life coaches are coaches period are trying to do something completely different from what we can do for one a certified coach no we can't even offer you all advice we don't do that. We can only help you recognize what you need to do by helping you build that path. Okay. So because they think that a coach is a therapist or a counselor, that they don't understand that we are on two different plateaus, even though we're doing the same thing, essentially we come from different angles and where a therapist or a psychologist or a psychiatrist can give you advice because they're, they can a coach cannot give you any advice. We cannot give you any advice. We can, we can give you a tip. And the reason why coaches can't give advice is simply because it is, for one, we don't have, uh, there is no, um, educational degree. Okay. You get certified into becoming this. If you take my advice and it causes you to lose your life, somebody else and all that stuff, I'm held responsible because I should have never told you that versus a a, a psychologist or a therapist. They can give you advice based on where you are clinically. Okay. And whether you follow it or not, it's on them, but there won't be nothing that'll fall back on them. So that's the, coaches cannot give advice. And that is the biggest thing between us and other per, uh, people in the mental health profession.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. Thank you for that information. So you just more like guide their decisions but not right. necessarily giving
1: them okay i like that i'm gonna help them develop a plan let's say for instance they want to start a business okay so i'm gonna help them develop a path to be able to start that business i do not give them advice and say okay well if i was you i'd do this no because what i did works for me it might not work for you and if you do it and take a loss financially mentally emotionally guess who's to blame because it only works for me so what I, so we don't give advice and we just want you to we don't help you to get the path. So you want to start a business? Okay. I know you need to do this, 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 and once you check all those things off after you do it, I will help you along the way, engage your progress. And then at the end of this whole ordeal, we'll go ahead and revisit and what we could have done differently or what we can do better than next time.
0: Okay. All right. So I also noticed that you, you actually published several books. Yeah. Was it like eight or eight?
1: Yeah. Hold on, because my text message. Let me turn that mess on. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. okay. 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 So I am so sorry. Okay. Yes, I wrote several books. Um, I should have had them in here for us, but um, I wrote several books. Um, fiction, self-help, and children's are my genres. Um, I have a I'm gonna have a 20, 20 book. Series, um, things, series, I children's series, the children's the children's series, 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 the new friends, the children's series, to children' series, through that. children's when I first became an artist, I wrote street literature, street literature, right? And I wrote the, the, the block, I mean the dope story and you know, all that stuff. But as I've grown in my writing career, I no longer write the admin not because I feel like I'm better because I'm not there anymore. I'm like older now, and my, my stories are resonating with where I am in my career, and my life and what I feel to be and what I like, right? So I write urban contemporary. I'm going to take an urban, and put it in a particular setting. So that drug dealers, I'm just going to put them in stuff in America and make me just as blind. You see what I'm saying? I'm still taking urban stuff, but I'm putting it in contemporary particular because what we will not be is known as only drug dealers. No, we can leave separations. We can do all that stuff and have all that mess going on. So that's why I like them in the fixing part. And then I have my self-help as a coach. I have my dating guide, the um, big small business guide to help to build your business. I have the billing, billing, um, billing, I'm sorry. Healing teas and remedies. Herbal teas and remedies. That, I'm 100 for herbs, not Western medicine. 100 for herbs. And then I also have the um, healing accomplishment planner, and it helps you be able to plan for a year in your life, things that you want to do, to so lose weight, learn how to budget, save money um all the, all the things manifestation is one thing you do not know how to do that planner helps you learn how to manifest exactly what you want so that you can continue on a consistent basis so those are the books all of the type of books i write okay
0: um today we are going to talk about one of the books that you actually turned into a movie what made you think get that idea to turn it into a movie
1: um, because of the message. First and foremost, there I just feel like it's always an attack on African American women. I don't care what anybody says. Feel like we are very much attacked by a lot of different people. But then sometimes within our own race, but definitely on the outside. Okay, so if you you, I know everybody's seeing the uptick in the amount of murders of men. To the black women who are their, their mother, the, who are mothers to their children, wives, and all of that. It's been an uptick in that. Okay, so this particular story was based on true events that actually happened in Daytona Beach, Florida, back in 2015, of two HBCU students that was uh, murdered, and then the guy who killed them, he committed suicide in jail. The, this story was dear to me because I keep seeing it happen, Donna. It's it's, it's a consistent thing. I, and I'm tired of it. You know what I'm saying? It's like we can't catch a break as black women because we got so many things and so many people against us that I felt like I had to do this. More so because I because I graduated from an HBCU and this incident happened there. I want to definitely start there because we have got to deal with the unemotional, I mean, the unintelligence of emotions that's dealing with us, especially when we in college. I know because I was there. We be running rampant up and through that campus because we don't know how to talk about our emotions the things that are hurting us and we too afraid to go to counseling that's available for us on campus because we don't want to be stigmatized or be known as crazy or whatever so we never go there and get help but what we do is we take that frustration or that low self-esteem or low self-worth into every relationship that we encounter while we're in the hbcu and sometimes that goes one of two ways you could go deadly Or sometimes it can go a different way and it can actually open up different things for you. But these two young ladies, it went deadly. And the parents of the one of the girls, the family didn't even know that she was with the guy, let alone that domestic violence was even going on. Okay, So this had been over a year, over a year of what she was going through that her own family did not know because again, they back in Detroit and she all the way down in Florida. So this movie, the message behind it is gonna tell you that for one, stop being silent about domestic violence, speak up. For two, stop trusting every man or every woman, okay? People are only going to show you what you can see. You'll never know what comes behind them, okay? And then three, for the family members that know what's going on, for the friends and all that stuff, stop being silent. It's, it's it, somebody speaking up and being honest about it could have probably saved two lives.
0: It's we've had here in New Orleans. I, I can't even think of the number, um, mm-hmm. but we've had so many women. I think it's definitely the highest number of women we've ever had murdered. And most of the time, it's a man yes. that's doing it. You know, sometimes it's relationships, but sometimes it's it's just not. Like you say, we had a we have a huge attack on our community. Mm-hmm. So, do you see those trends where you live as well? Where do you yeah. live? Out? I'm sorry, Florida. Yes, Florida. Yes. Okay. It's,
1: yeah, it's, it's a rejection thing. For some reason, some men cannot take rejection. But then it goes back When I said unintelligent emotion, emotional intelligence. When you don't know how to accept rejection, when you've never been taught how to accept rejection, then you don't know how to process it. And that's what's going on. A lot of these women were trying to get out of this, this danger. And those men just wanted to have control. And they control ended up them hitting those women, okay? So it's just about us being able to attack this Rejection is not definitely an emotion. It's gonna make you react a certain way. We gotta learn how to attack that. We gotta get in front of that before it keeps attacking us.
0: The guy with the that, that you wrote your book about, he killed both of those women.
1: Yes, he shot him in the head, and then when he got, he took him on a high speed chase. And when they finally arrested him, going towards going towards because he was from Miami, going towards Miami, they finally arrested, arrested him and transported him to the jail in Miami. And when they wasn't looking, old boy put a sheet behind his neck and hung himself. Yeah, so that's some justice the family can't never get because he killed. Even though he gone, and right. this apartment is still the fact. Nobody knows why. To this day, nobody can tell us why did you kill the girl? Why there was a big why hanging around because and only we can answer is him, and he's no longer here.
0: Right. <laughs> All right. So, how was that process converting your book to a movie?
1: Oh man, it was a very very interesting learning process, but in you learning, you will be like, okay, I ain't doing this no more. It is some things, it is some lessons done, and I don't think I was prepared to learn, especially when it comes to us. I wasn't prepared (laughs) to learn these lessons, not in this setting, but I will tell you this, I'm glad that I got them. I can't wait to make my next movie. It will not be I, I will do it so different from this one. It will I will not go back down this rabbit hole because I felt like I got at a point got so stressed um mm. with the production and the cast um for different reasons. And I was just thinking like, boy, if this was a multi-million dollar movie, these people would have been fired and I'll replace them like that. You feel me, when you're working with a budget, on a small budget, you can only, but do. you gotta keep them on. Even if the problems they cause you, you gotta keep them there because you gotta finish the movie. But just know in the future, I plan on having two to three sets of everybody from production to the cast, if they got to go, we got to move, and they got to get out of here. That's like, okay, that's how long.
0: <laughs> right, so how long was the process?
1: Um, so filming all together was a combination from August 1st through August 14th, and it was still break days in between there because on a day they'll film every, every two days they film they took a break day, and what that is is to clear all the footage off of the camera stuff to be able to get some of those um those clips that they took, put them in order. So when we start getting through the editing process, we know how to do stuff a little easier, right? So that's the so we do we film two days and we take a break. So from August first to August fourteenth is how that went. Um, we filmed on August second, third break on the fourth. Filmed on the fifth and sixth break on the seventh. Filmed on the eighth and 9th, break on the tenth. That's how that that's how that schedule went, right? Um, we filmed there was there was ten or more hour days, okay. In an event that uh, we had to run over, like sometimes scenes, like when, when what you want to do is when you start the casting for your film and, and you know who your main character is going to be, who the story is built around, you want to try to move into table reads immediately because you want these people to be comfortable with one another. It will, listen, listen, I ain't never know it could happen. It will read on the screen when these people act like they strangers. Like you'll be able to see that and it's the ugliest mess ever, okay? So, when you have stuff like that, those are the longer days because until that cast start gelling, those scenes gonna look like them people just really walked on here and we just gave them some lines, okay? Once they started gelling, then stuff started moving a lot quicker in terms of production. So when we was having ten hour days, we was able to get down to eight hour days, five, uh, seven, uh, nine-hour days or whatever the case is. I know our last day wasn't long, and the one before that wasn't long. So that's what I'm saying. When you get down to a certain amount of days and everything is gelling well, then you can run through those scenes in one or two takes and get, and get out of there. But in the beginning, if you start this process, I want to tell you the only thing that you're going to get from me right now is make sure that your cast are familiar with each other because you are going to be facing... <laughs> Looking at that screen, looking at them strangers, like damn, they look like strangers for real. Yeah. <laughs> like, you
0: so you had to become the entire crew. So you had to become a scriptwriter.
1: I'm well, I'm a, I'm already Arthur turned screenwriter, so that wasn't a problem. I had I already went ahead and did that because every I feel like every Arthur should know how to screenwrite. Even if you don't want to turn your own book into a movie or a play, you can help somebody else. So I feel like every artist should know how to do that, okay? I mean, it does take some practice, okay? But, um, so, I'm so in this, in becoming a, a, a executive producer, excuse me, executive producer, I had to become a script supervisor. I had to manage, maintain my script. It was supposed to be somebody else doing that, but they, whatever reason, I don't know what happened to them. But the reason for that is because scenes have to run the way they, they design. Without a script supervisor, you could have scenes going the wrong way and you won't know until it's too late, okay? So I had to be the script supervisor, I had to be the casting director. I had to take care of all my casting. I had to communicate with all my casting. And I feel like me wearing all of those hats is the reason why this did not go as smooth as I wanted it to. I had too many things and I was only literally supposed to be executive producing because it's my story. So that was a lot of stress wearing all of those hats. So I went from, like I said, art executive producer, while I'm screenwriter, casting director, script supervisor. Um, I had to get, find locations, so I had to do the locations as well. It's a lot of different hats I had to wear that I wish I did not have. But like I said, next time I know what and what not to do.
0: Right. Okay. So what is your, you have the books and then you have the the movies. What is your inspiration to decide which books become movies
1: Ooh, that's a good question um i knew domestic violence would be a great topic because a lot of people have gone through it or still going through it and just you know and maybe they don't know nothing about it so i knew that would be a great topic that's why i started there that was one of my most provoking i mean emotionally provoking books i've ever written so that's i started there there's not one person who didn't read a book who did not cry everybody men would they all cry everybody cried from the story um, so now, when it comes to my other books, it's not that I don't want to turn them all. It's just that I don't want to be cliche in what's already out there, right? So um, I do got one my my best selling series—the thing that put me on the map as an author when I was Erica Kane. Every D boy's dream. I'm going to turn into a, a series. So I want that to be like a two like, two B or a Netflix series. And I got about so far five to seven seasons worth. Just in that book alone, that's a, that's that, was, like I said, I was a series together. so just me having a series on TV would be great. Um, that'll catch the attention too. Yeah, my other books I wrote, I can think of The Pink strings appealing to a lesbian audience because that's a girl on girl book. Um, I can think of some things that I wrote to pull into a movie, but when I think about that, I'm thinking about the interest. It might be interesting in the book, but it might not be so interested in the movie. You see what I'm saying? So right. that's my determination on if I'm gonna transition a book to a movie.
0: Okay. I know sometimes as an author, as you're writing your books, you kind of become enthralled in the characters. So when you were writing your book, excommunication, how did you how did you talk to yourself so that you wouldn't get so involved in those characters i mean it's a true story so you couldn't mm-hmm. really change anything but how, you know still writing it is emotionally a you know you feel it as well so how did you do that
1: okay so let's correct true story versus true events
0: okay you can't say
1: true story because everybody involved are dead i have okay. no permission from none of them to write a story about them so <laughs> what i did was take events from what happened to them and add them to this fiction story okay so that's why i say based on true events So, um, the story, the, the, um, what I did for this story was I had to do research for one on abuse, on domestic violence, because I've never actually physically been in a relationship. I had it happen to me when I was 16, but it was a one-time thing. Me, my mom, and my sister dealt with it. It never happened again. I don't have direct experience, but my mama does. She was a domestic violence victim, so going to her. Um, talking to her, getting more information from her about how they feel when they're fearful when they don't tell nobody that really helped me with my mama being able to tell me that on top of that, I remember all of the movies I watched and all the books, other books that I had read. So I actually incorporated a lot of those things into this to bring out the emotions in this book. Um, I also, I also incorporated a little bit of me into the supporting best friend character of my main character. Like her name is, my main character name is Brielle. And her best friend name is Terry. So I incorporated parts of who Erica is into Terry. Okay. So when you hear Terry talking slick or being all of that, that is literally Erica in, in another version as Terry. So that is how I'm able to get um in terms of the books and how I'm able to put me in or take out or whatever. What you know, you know how that goes, Donna. You back? I can't hear you.
0: Sorry, I didn't know what happened. I was just looking. I'm, I was listening to you talking about. Okay,
1: stuff. okay, yeah, it had went blank. It went black over here, then it comes completely silent. So I don't know, but yeah, it was that over here. I hope I don't know if you able to get it out before. Okay, great, great. So anyway, so yeah, like I said, I was I incorporate myself into Terry and um again listening to talking to other domestic violence survivors. That's how I was able to pull that emotion into this book.
0: Okay all right so of all of the books that you do have who is your favorite character
1: dream okay dream. that's my dream is every d-boy's dream she's a main character in every d-boy dream she's my favorite character because she is me she is me
0: like you she's, all, like, she's
1: every last one of my books one of the characters got a part of me dream okay. dream all, is of you.
0: Me. And okay. all of you okay yeah. all right so That's your favorite character. Who is your least favorite?
1: Trayvon. That is who killed the girl. That is a character who killed the girl. I do not like him. I had to literally make him an F boy. I had to literally make him somebody who nobody liked. The guys in prison who read the book do not like Trayvon. He is a figment of imagination. But the conversation from the they do not like him. Them boys want to rough him up if he was a real person. So I don't like Trayvon. Trayvon is very arrogant and broke. You know how that is when you are broke and you're arrogant. That is Trayvon to the max. Okay? He is broke and he is very arrogant. He would don't even think he broke, but he's so broke it's ridiculous.
0: Broke and arrogant. That's that's yeah. that's an interesting one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So when you're doing your characters, of course you always borrow from you know this person and that person. Do you do that to your family a lot? Do they read the books and and like, hey, is that is that person me? Do they do that?
1: For some reason, these people don't read. Like, I don't get it. Like, no, for real. Like, and it's crazy. My mama gonna read. My sister know every book I've ever written because while I'm writing it, I will be reading it to her. Like, I get like three chapters in and call up sister. She ain't be like, all right. Read it. So my sister know every book I write. She tuned in from the beginning. Mama has read some of these people don't sit down and read, man. These are not. These are some game playing people. I wish they would though. Um, sit down and read. I don't think I took anything from any of my family members and put them to any of my characters. I can't be I can be sure of that. If anything, I took people from people, I mean it took parts of people who I knew while I was at college, mm-hmm. after college, them people are in my characters. A lot of them, because I mean I had a lot of contact with them. You know what I'm saying? When I was in college and all that stuff. So a lot of my characters got names of people who I actually knew, or their characters built around somebody who I actually knew, like for instance, in Every D Boy's Dream. The um my ex-boyfriend, the jealous one, his name in that book is Cheddar. In real life, his name is Rat. He was synonymous to him, okay? Just like the person who I end up falling for a dream, end up falling for and every single game is Bump. Bump is a real person named Bump in real life. Both of those characters are based off both of those people in real life. So yeah, I will do that. But the family hasn't, I haven't done that. Not none of them. Really? <laughs>
0: Well, they're not looking at it anyway. Do Have you ever tried to uh, do Audible for your books?
1: Oh, yeah. I got actually Google Google Play. My, my audio books are on Google, actually. Um, I was going to do Amazon Audible. It was kind of hard for me to find um, a book person, you know, the recording to it. person. Um, I like Google Play. I like Google because they got, it come with voices. Like, I can choose a voice and it can do the books. So, all of my books that I have right now are on audio on Google. Audible might take a little longer. Just give me some time. Um, I really don't even like the Amazon platform at all for, for authors because Amazon is doing so much for my money. What they paid us a long time ago when I came out, you will be lucky to get that now. And it depends on how many book sales you get now. They have literally decreased what they paying us per page read and book bought versus what they did long time ago. So when when David Weaver... Became a millionaire a long time ago. It was easy to do that. Amazon is so different now. What happened was they found out I was I was not actively writing, but I'm just telling you what they told me. It was about 2008, between 17 and 19. Amazon found that Arthurs was getting over on the algorithm, and they was able to get millions out of Amazon. And Amazon didn't realize it. Now what they did was a huge scam. The people not even business no more. Okay. For what they did, Donna, I do not know, but they was able to find a means to be able to get more money off those books. So ever since Amazon caught that and the loss, you know things change, okay? So things have changed dramatically for, uh, uh, dramatically, I'm sorry, drastically for Arthurs and not in a good way. So my books are on Amazon, but they're also on Barnes and Noble. They're also on Smashwords. They're on Kobo. They're on Google. I try to get them everywhere I can get them. Even though Amazon is a main place people go for books, I can't let that be the main place I get my money. So if I'm not on the other networks, you will see me in your city at a community event selling my I like to sell hard copies over ebooks.
0: Okay, have you ever heard of LitCon?
1: Yes, LitCon is They I was supposed to interview with them.
0: Okay, good. Yeah, you're going to have we I I work with them as well and we do tours all over selling books. Actually, they're going to come on the podcast. Right after I you. need to
1: deal with that with them because when I was supposed to do their interview and it was they not going to believe the people they strike on the set I could not get to the interview that was on I'm not even gonna get into that that fire I had to put out. But the people were at the same time I was supposed to interview with them. People, I literally was putting out the biggest fire ever with this threat of a strike, and so that that that's that was gonna be money wasted. So I had reached back out to them, and they haven't reached back out to me yet. I really did not want to miss the interview, but it was nothing I could do about that. I had to put out that fire before I lost my money in that production.
0: Right. So speaking of that, with the strikes and everything, how how do you see AI helping or hurting?
1: it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. Because if AI gets any bigger, then what do you need extras for? You're going to be able to put in AI extras in your movies. You're going to be able to have main characters, but guess what? Those extras that we needed a long time ago, those lines the people want to just come be in the background, they're going to be replaced. That's not going to be fair. That's not going to be fair. Right.
0: And don't they're like, actually I don't like writing the I don't like it. They're writing scripts as well, right?
1: Yep. It's writing scripts. It's giving... Um, I don't like what it's gonna do to the literary industry. I don't like it. I'm, you, do you already see how the book covers are being made? Yep. They took people off and put AI characters on and they making them perfect AI characters. Perfect eyebrows, perfect hair, perfect body. I don't like that. Because it's giving a different um, vision to everybody, right? Um, people don't look like that for real. Some people do, but some people don't. So when you're building your characters around perfection, and then let's just say you come up with a movie. But well, guess what? They're gonna be looking for they your character to resemble the person in the on in the, in the book, right? So right. I don't I don't like it. I, I mean, it is what it is. Done. And they can do whatever they want to do. Me personally, I'm a people person. Don't use machines to get rid of people. That's all I'm saying.
0: Right. I even saw on some Instagram or TikTok pages they they're using the face of somebody important to tell a story with the AI.
1: Is that what that is? Because I was wondering what that was. And see, yeah. I haven't really been on social media because my I've really been in that community getting, getting my getting, getting on platforms on I'm really doing stuff out there. So this year was like the first year of out of all my years that I have not actively been on social media, making it do what it do because I actually went back into the community. So I've missed that but I heard people talk about it and I actually talked to my director of photography on a set I had said can you explain to me about this strike because after them people said and now I want to know what's going on with it because these people, these indie artists, can't even strike and <laughs> a lot of them not even getting paid but they think that they could so I asked him to explain it to me he definitely explained it to me and he definitely talked about the AI stuff and I'm just like wow man yeah it's,
0: you know? it's scary it's, it's changing and some actors when they're using in their contracts they're starting to have to say something like my image cannot be turned into AI because they can use hit this those bodies and all the movements that they make to make another movie without their permission
1: you got to be kidding me
0: yeah I forgot which author it was I mean author which actor it was I think it's Morgan Freeman of uh, Samuel Jackson one of those one of those big ones and he had to sign something so that they could not use his AI images after because they would do interviews about the movie without him wow yeah, that's scary. That is very
1: yeah. scary, girl. I, that's 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 like if it gets any more advanced, a lot of jobs ain't gonna even be needed no more for humans. It's gonna be. I
0: don't like it. I don't like it. Yeah, it's it's crazy. How did you know? Mm-hmm. You think about you saw like the concerts? Tupac did a concert a couple of years ago, I think drake was at a concert somebody just
1: there. posted on facebook and i was like what are they talking about a man been dancing the 90s what tell me what you're talking about because i don't even know about that
0: yeah um biggie had one um they do concerts with the actual person but it's a hieroglyphic that's not the word that might be no hieroglyphics is what they write on the wall it's yeah. a I forgot hologram. what they call called hologram. hologram i'm that's mm-hmm. sorry that's it they do the hologram concerts and it started as a hologram concert with tupac but you know that's gonna change where yes. they're gonna be able to do a more 3D almost where you can touch them. But there there was one with Drake recently. This one, he actually went and sit on the sofa next to uh, a girl at the concert. This little, this a hologram.
1: Fake a fake Drake, Yes. Wow.
0: Yes. it's real like some TV stuff right now.
1: Okay, I'm gonna look into more of this when we come off this because I didn't know it was going that deep. Yeah, it's a lot. Wow, okay.
0: It's a lot. Oh, let me ask you a question back to the life coaching. So you do life coaching? Do you do relationship coaching as well?
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I have to help people. For one, see, that's why I told you I built a healing and building platform. You don't know what type of relationship you is until you heal. You can't tell me what you're in because you ain't healed yet, because you're using that your experiences from whatever to put them over here. That's what we're supposed to do anyways. But you can't tell me if you're in a loving relationship or not because you're bringing in extra baggage that wasn't healed you might be the problem or might not even be the man he might might be responding to you because however you is and vice versa so relationship we we gotta heal we gotta heal some stuff first what i do have to also delve into is what images or imagery did you build a relationship on if you looking at social media you're going to be distorted because everybody show you the pretty side they don't show you the ugly side okay if you listening to me and you and everybody around your stories you're gonna be distorted because what happened to me might not happen to you but you might think that it is okay you said so we got we dealing with ptsd from people other people stuff and i need people to stop doing that so in a relationship coaching we first i first have to know where do you get your examples from your relationship from because that's what i, I gotta attack on top of you being unhealed i gotta attack that because our relationship gonna be what you put into it not what you see on TV, social media and all that stuff is gonna be what you do for. And you should be able to tap into your other self, what people refuse to do. Tap into your other self to see if that person is good for you or not. Your intuition, your spirit will tell you what this person is. I don't have to tell you. The preacher ain't gotta tell you. Your body will tell you when you stop ignoring it and listen to it, okay? And that's what people got. So when we talk about relationships, where'd you get your examples from? Have you healed your baggage? And are you ready to move forward in the vision that you created for yourself and not the one that you let somebody else create?
0: That's big. <laughs> how much? Okay. That is, that's true. So how much of your, your coaching is relationship versus life? Or, or like you said, do they, they kind of coincide?
1: They, yeah, they go together. Because if they come to me for life, coaches necessarily because of a bad breakup. Okay. Oh. So they need to start learning how to trust their judgment again. You can't do that until you apologize to yourself.
0: What's your and best advice? You can't advice apologize
1: to yourself in the same day either.
0: Okay, so what's your best advice for breakups?
1: Write a list of pros and cons bad and good. List all the good things about this person, list all the bad things. Go through both lists and tell me what could have been, what was a deal but and what wasn't. Now you're gonna determine what you want, in the next person. <laughs> okay. Cause if Bye. you can't, if you, if you tell me that, um, you want a man that this and this and that, but you get in a relationship with a total opposite, that's letting me know that you don't know what you want. You just said you want this and, this and that. So when you break up here, make a list, the good and bad pros and cons. Go down that list and see what is a deal breaker and what wasn't. Now you finna reshape how you finna view relationship moving forward. Another thing is learn your love language. If you do not know how people are supposed to love you, how are you going to teach them how to love you? I know my love language acts of service. I absolutely love when people do things for me and take weights off my shoulders. So somebody, so what may be small to you, that man go fill my gas tank up. That's huge to me because I don't want to stop and do that. Okay. That's an act of service love. Okay. You might be physical touch. You might want your man to hug and kiss you a lot. You have to know your love language in order for you to tell this man or teach this man or woman how to love you back the appropriate way. And you got to teach them how to love you. Because people are going to only treat you how you
0: teach them. Okay so if you are one way you have one love language and your partner is the the opposite which most times you know they are mm-hmm. how do you fix yourself to give more for instance if, if they want to be a the touch but you're more of a ex a service person what things could you do to help you become more comfortable with the that's
1: love. Okay. We first got to talk about it. Like, everything, people miss the, the the biggest thing is communication. If we can sit down and talk about, if my like my uh, my ex-husband, uh, love language was quality time. He wanted to spend as much time as he could, but I was always so busy. I did not speak to his love language in our marriage, not a lot, but I did in the beginning when we was boyfriend, girlfriend, you see what I'm saying? I did it as a boyfriend, girlfriend, but as soon as I became wife, I stopped speaking to that language and I do remember times when he would literally be like trying to get my attention to come just watch TV with him while I'm working hard and trying to do it and making excuses. So we're not, we're not married no more. Is that one of the reasons? No, but that is a part of me not being the best wife I can be. Cause I I can tell you, I dropped the ball. I literally was always doing something else, okay? And never would sit down and give this man three hours to watch a movie. I know I did that. So, with that being said, since that time, I've had to go inside of me and I had to re I had to correct some things. Why are you always so busy? Well, that's why I determined because I'm trying to get everything done. So when I finally become a mom, I don't gotta do nothing. See, when I got that understanding. Okay, now I know I can do differently. So now me and him like the best of friends. We talk all the time. Are we gonna ever get back together? I don't know. It's a possibility. But now I'm willing to. I know that I know what I did then versus who I am now. I'm not the same person. I this 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 business stuff cuts off on the weekends. The business stuff cuts off about six seven o'clock at night. I am Erica. I'm going back to regular Erica. And I I didn't do that for him then. But if we got back together now, I would do it now. It's not
0: right. compromising, it's not compromising. Right, and, it's, and that's that's a huge growth. And you're allowing yourself to be vulnerable. A lot of people have that issue where they do have a relationship. They will never point out what they did wrong. Mm-hmm. So that's big.
1: We can't heal until we know what we did. I, I can point at you all day, but that's you. What, what, what about me? I got to change. If I want a change, it's got to start with me. And then maybe you will change as well. If not, I can move around you. But I ain't going to know, I've never blamed any relationship that ended on nobody else but me. I contributed to that stuff. I'll tell you what I did and I'm going from it.
0: Okay. So, speaking of relationships and you deal with, you have, you've had relationships and you've been a relationship coach. Do you feel that, sorry, that all men, I won't say all, but most majority men cheat? No. No?
1: Never did. Cheating wouldn't even bother me if I was still married. Cheating is not emotional for men like it is for women. So when a man goes stick his rump in somebody else, she allowed him to do that. It was emotional for her. That is her bad. Am I gonna blame him? No, what I will tell you to do is call her on the phone right i Tell her you made a mistake. You was playing with her emotions. You good and you home. I'm not ending my marriage or no relationship. But <laughs> how I know cheating, what, not when I know for men it's not emotional. Now, the, up, the, the other side, if he has been ongoing, carrying his on with this lady for this long, then it might be something there that I'm gonna I'm exit the situation. But we're not even discussing it because men develop feelings over time for people, okay? They can screw whoever without They don't even have to like you, but they'll screw you, okay? All right? Women, when we decide to do that, we literally have connected with that man emotionally. We have told him things about us and all that stuff. Men don't do that to us. So, I have never viewed cheating like other women. It is not a deal breaker for me, but what we is gonna learn from the situation, because I need to know what what it is that she was doing, that got your attention. maybe what, what I wasn't doing. I need to bring it back in. Now, if there's no way to bring you back in, then I need to let you go. Amicably, without a problem, we can still be friends. I'm never gonna be mad at you. I'm not mad at none of my exes. My first boyfriend is with my, somebody I call best friend. I'm not mad at them people. So she have crossed that line. Me and him ain't never married. You don't got no kids. So just because he her soulmate, I'm not mad at that. Well wishes. <laughs> I was married. She still had to come behind me and get married to him. I've actually been married. You see what I'm saying? So I'm not mad that she with him. I, I want that. That that doesn't bother me. If me and you couldn't connect to get to the altar, then that means you wasn't for me. Maybe you're for her. Go ahead. Well wishes. I'm not mad at nobody. I just. I don't live on things like that. Don't even bother stuff like that. Don't even bother me.
0: <laughs> really? Okay, so so if cheating is not a deal breaker, do you feel that women cheat for the same you say they don't cheat for the same reason or they do? No, when we feel that so okay. Yeah. So if a woman cheat, he needs to yeah. break up with her, right?
1: Yeah. It, I mean that's on him because if it um, it depends on how he loves if he loves her like that. Now if he loves her like that. And he know that she like, like loves him, then maybe they can rebuild a bridge to one another. And maybe the cheating is what's gonna help it get there. Okay, I'm just saying. But for me, um, if I had to step outside of my relationship to get with another man, I know I ain't still the same night. I had to have to share some things with him. So if i am a cheat, it's definitely emotional for me, and I'm probably not gonna stop. I'm probably gonna keep going and getting deeper and deeper and deeper with this man versus my man might just screw up a couple of times, give her a few dollars and try to get out there and come home. You see what I'm saying? So um, for women, it's always when we fed up. Like we only go and we have had enough or something and maybe we don't want to break up, but we just to call to break up. But the case is we fed up. We not, we're not cheating because it's too good at, what time is it? too <laughs> Nah, we're not, nah, we're we, we probably gonna withstand some cheating and a whole bunch of stuff before we actually do a
0: bad thing. Okay, so have you ever cheated? Yes.
1: Yes. And <laughs> Not on my husband. Not on my husband. But um, right, no. my husband. <laughs> See, listen, I don't think that you can cheat. When you boyfriend girlfriend, I really don't think that you can cheat. We just boyfriend and girlfriend. Bro. I owe you no loyalty or nothing. We're just my boyfriend. We're like a friend, like a guy friend, whatever. So when you say cheated, just know Erica don't think that boyfriends and girlfriends can cheat. Them people are single and they're free to move about the country, however they want to do it, okay? That's why I no longer use those titles. I have boyfriend brothers. They know it's more than one. Don't say nothing to me if you see me with him. I'm not yours and I'm not his. When I'm somebody's, it'll be a ring. Right now, that's not his. So don't. don't, I ain't going to be... How can I know who the one is if it's only one, Donald? I cannot determine, it's a million It's so many people and so many options. Listen to me. I've been with him for five years, I know he's the one. How the hell I know that I ain't been with nobody else? No, the answer is no. The answer is no for me, okay? I am so sorry. There was a boyfriend brother. If you see us together, don't don't start the mess. I'll talk to you later, and that's that. When, when I got married, I got married from a roster. My husband <laughs> said, "Well, I'm like I'm gonna have to schedule some time with you." I had said, "Yes, yes, I am not. I am single. I don't know if you're gonna be there. Somebody else gonna be there. I don't know. So if you want me, that you gonna have to go that way. And then a couple of months later, he did. We we was proposing and stuff like that. That's what I'm trying to say." So, <laughs> So when when he know he got, he ain't gonna. The competition is what men love. They are competitive creatures. May the best man win. I hold him to that every day.
0: Wow, (laughs) that's different though. Uh, I like it. I mean, I like Mm -hmm. it. It's it's nice and liberating.
1: Yeah, for me. So,
0: but how do you know? So if y'all just boyfriend friends, and then he do want to propose, how do you know that he can remain? faithful or you don't care about being you don't care about him being faithful
1: okay so you go so in conversations with a man where people feel you gotta talk to people and see where they at in terms of that those okay. are conversations you gotta have early on you want to actually know where how people feel about cheating if they've ever cheated what provoked them to cheat you want to know that because that's the type of thing that you want to take into your marriage to you, do to keep in the back of your mind not for not for you to be waiting for something to happen but so that you when it if it does happen, you have a sign. The person has already told you that they're a cheat, so you can't act like you shocked when it does happen. It's called communication. If we learn how to talk to our mates prior to us getting involved with them, then we would know. My ex-husband told me from the beginning, like when I met him, before I before I before he became before and before it was a roster, and before I knew what the hell was going on, I was on his roster. It was three of us. Okay, no, it was four of us. Take that back, four of us, two of us in Tallahassee, one in Miami, one in Tampa. I thought it was just me, so I tried to come at the man like it was like I'm the girlfriend. He ain't we ain't had this conversation. Um, this when I talking about not having a conversation. We ain't had no conversation, but because me and you be together a lot, I'm thinking that I'm your girlfriend. That's how I saw it. That's usually how we do see it, right? Okay, so boom, it came a day when he came to the to the to the block with the girl with the other girl. Now I'm looking like. Well, who that is y'all y'all see this because i know he going i'm over here and it don't he don't seem like he got no shame in this so i'm just standing there mad the whole night looking at them angry as hell i called him throughout the night he didn't answer my phone calls he didn't answer my text he didn't do none of that donna the next morning it wasn't even eight o'clock he came right on over there to the house I was, out, I was up. I ain't sleep all night because I was wondering what you was up to. Talk. Guess when I knew that I was going down the wrong path with this. Okay, I had he came over. there, I was still woke. He was just as nonchalant. He took out his marijuana, took out his cigar, <laughs> rolled his blunt. He was not angry. He did not raise his voice. He had said, "Who told you you was my girlfriend?" Yeah, I ain't. He said, "I ain't. We ain't never talked about that. You not my girlfriend. I don't have no girlfriend." He was like, she not my girlfriend. You not my girlfriend. None of y'all are my girlfriends. I did not make money. none of y'all my, you never talked about that. So I don't know how you coming at me with this boyfriend stuff and we never talked about that. He was right. I never talked about it with him. So after that lesson, okay, <laughs> when he wanted me to be his girlfriend, he came to me like at the six month mark and he had asked me some questions. That's when, we, that's when we finally entered a relationship. So what we was doing in the beginning was not that. I thought it was, I got a hard lesson in life. That's not what it was. It's you and three other people. So how you going to deal with that is how you're going to deal with that. But you're not my girlfriend. So with him telling me that, that's how I got to where I am with the roster. You're not my boyfriend. I can do whatever I want to do. And if you want to build me, you will show me. That man want to build me, he came to me and showed me. He cut off all those women and then it was just me and him moving on. So I learned. So that's
0: that.
1: Yeah, I learned. <laughs> that's
0: that. I like it, though. I mean... I think if people are more direct in life things would be way easier because so yeah. many people stuff happen based on what they think should happen and they yeah. never actually communicated and then like you said you had a hard lesson that day Now, see me i'm such i'm so much more <laughs> emotionally immature i would have handled that a whole nother way <laughs> <laughs> and see the old me wanted
1: to be so bad but when i listened to what he was saying he's like you're he right we never did establish a relationship He's absolutely right and he was the type of person like you, I can't ruin his day. So yo, whatever this anger, I'm gonna drop you back off over here and I'm gonna keep you moving because you are not gonna ruin my day. And that's literally how he trained me to stay in a woman's place. If you start acting up, I'm gonna take you back where I got you and I'm gonna keep it moving. Cause I'm not gonna allow that in my life. I'm not that person no more Donna. It took that man to tell me that that shit you be doing, that acting out is not what I'm gonna have in my life. That's too stressful. When you over here with me, like he will not even like, in the beginning, let's just say if I met him, I want to lay down with him three days later. That man told me, absolutely not. You just got over dealing with them guys. That's still they feelings. You you, you, you can let, let them have all that. When you come to me, I need you to be 100% feeling me. He said, what you feeling is, you know, based on emotions you have from the guys before me. And I'm not taking on those skills, so I'm not sleeping with you no time soon until I feel like you over it. And he meant that. He did not sleep with me for a while. Even when I wanted to, I'm not gonna lie. That man still hit steadfast, duh. You still got the markings of another man on you. You're not bringing that into my life when I feel like you owe that. We'll move forward, and he made me wait, and that's what it was. I had to get trained a lot in that relationship. That was the first wow. time. But I had a man be a man and keep me in the woman's place.
0: Wow. Yeah, you don't see that that too much. That's that's. I like it though. I mean, it's I'm I'm. I'm over here actually taking notes because I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I promise I'm not lying. I'm like, I'm really taking notes. Thank you, babe. I hope I'm I'm giving like, you some jewels. Because <laughs> I, I never had anybody like actually think about it. And it makes sense, like the cheating thing, because I'm telling you, I listen, I just wouldn't handle it that way. But I mean, I mm-hmm. guess that's a good way to look at it.
1: If that's not... If, if y'all not married, just think about it. The only time we be bound by vows literally in marriage, they tell us that and about all that. If this boyfriend or girlfriend, for one, has never sat down and communicated just their expectations, so how can you say he or she cheated if neither one of y'all told them, I expect you to be faithful. I expect you to be my man. If you cannot tell them your expectations, then next, you're not in a relationship. That's why I got that date to relate guy. Cause that help you determine what you expect and what you want to learn how to verbalize it before you move any forward. If you get with a man, you meet a man today and you want to be his girlfriend and all these different things, but that's a man who don't believe in none of that stuff. And you never talked about it, but just laid down and slept with him. And now you think you're his girlfriend, how I did, you're going to be rude. You're going to get a rude awakening. Okay. Before you get to the physical part, have a conversation, ask him what his expectations are. Tell him yours. What he like? Tell him your likes. The dislike. Learn all of that stuff so that when y'all move to the bed, you don't have any regret afterwards. If that man never call you again, I don't want you to be mad about it. I think that's you. That could just be him.
0: Okay. <laughs> all right. So we are going actually a little longer than mm-hmm. most of them, but this is good. That's a good thing we had a okay. lot of good conversation. Actually, we could could keep going because I have other stuff. We'll have to do a another one okay so basically can you please let everyone know how they can follow you i wanted to put this graphic up i should have did it okay. earlier
1: okay so Go ahead. let them
0: know how they can this is sorry this is your books what well, i got the bottom yeah. part off
1: yeah all about so you can all see all
0: those are the the novels that you have yes. right that's them. Yes. Yes. okay so can you let everybody know how they can follow you
1: Okay, you can go to my website. Iamericathomas.com. Iamericathomas.com. All one word, no breaks or nothing like that. Follow me on my website. Um, I, I got a wellness section on there. I'm just building out my rebuilding out my wellness section, and I got two topics already. Unrequited love. Um, he just not that into you. People need to read that. And I also got um trauma bond versus soul tie. People don't know the difference between either one of them. And I had to break that down so you can start. Some people, you got a soul tie when you really got a trauma bond. Okay, that's really what you got. So um, I am EricaThomas.com. Um, I'm Coach Erica T on Instagram. Coach Erica T on TikTok. You're gonna find Coach Erica T on Facebook. You can always also find me as China T on Facebook as well. Okay. So you just put in China T, you'll find me. Put in Erica. I am Erica Thomas, you'll find me, or just coach Erica T, you'll find me. Um, I also got Snapchat too. I'm just doing, I'm just getting back on the Snapchat. That username, I think, hold on, let me verify. I think that username is China, China T Pascal C. Y'all probably can't see it, but China T Pascal C is I'm gonna chat Snapchat right now. And then um I also got no, that was it. That's it that's Is it, it? <laughs> okay yeah all i right, got a so group I'll... on facebook too i got oh. a group on facebook too but i gotta get that group back active so don't join that just yet <laughs>
0: okay all right so our last question which i always ask if you could go back to 17 year old erica and tell us something about life <laughs> what would you tell her
1: okay Ooh, erica maybe when you get when you get your butt up here and tell her has to pam you. Do not be friends with locals. Oh my God, what do you mean? Let me just tell you why. Erica, listen to me. You're about to make some bad decisions with them locals. I'm telling you, don't be friends with locals. And as quiet and people in Miami as you can. Well, who am I gonna be friends with? Yes, yo. Be friends with yourself. Friend yourself. <laughs> because what you finna go through over the next four years is gonna literally break you. So I'm telling you, be a friend to yourself. That's me talking to me for real. <laughs> for real. <laughs>
0: wow. Well, we definitely I definitely wanna follow back up soon because I wanna hear more about those soul ties and trauma bonds.
1: Oh yeah, we gotta talk about that. Yes.
0: All right, cool. So That's it for today, y'all. Thank y'all so much for staying with us. Thank you, Coach Erica. Thank you, China T. Just thank you for dropping those jewels. And like I said, guys, we will definitely bring her back because she had a lot of good information. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Is there anything you want to say?
1: Thank y'all for tuning in. I cannot wait for y'all come and follow me on TikTok and all that stuff. I'm going to go live again tonight. I try to go live at least twice a day. So if you get on the TikTok, you can catch a lot of these jewels on live, okay? Thank y'all. I love y'all. and Y'all have a great day.
0: All right. Thank you.
1: Thank you, babe.